This is the Frey Podcast, brought to you by thefrey.com, a place for women who want more from life. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to today's podcast episode. It's a solo one, and I'm chatting with you about ways that you can tap into being the calm parent, the calm human that you want to be. Now, I've literally just finished recording another episode where I spoke about parenting stuff and I listened to like the first five minutes back and I've given this big disclaimer about how I know that I'm not like a parenting expert and I never want to come across as though I'm high and mighty or anything like that when it comes to parenting topics because I am not. I am a flawed person who fails at things often. There are things in parenting that I feel like I nail. Some days I am like, yes, like I really nailed that. And other days I think, what am I even doing? What even is parenting? So I won't go and give you a long disclaimer and try and make sure that you understand I'm not coming from a place of thinking I know everything when it comes to parenting. I will just say to you, I am so there with you in understanding that parenting is exhausting. I am so there with you when you have those moments before you fall asleep where you question the things that you've done that day and whether or not you're doing a great job. I also will say I am someone who is passionate about parenting. Obviously, I have the kind parenting company where we talk about baby sleep, toddler sleep, toddler behavior. Um, You know, I'm someone who's very interested in parenting and how to be a conscious parent, but I'm not someone who pretends to have all of the answers to any, you know, by any stretch. But this episode is all about ways that you can reduce the amount of times that you lose your shit. You know, sometimes we will hear ourselves speaking or, you know, we'll catch ourselves acting in a way and you think, who even am I? How did I get to this point where I am so frustrated by a small human that I created? We all have moments that we are not proud of the way that we act, but we also all have moments where we do get to make a choice in the way that we act, in the way that we parent. And I think the things that I'm going to share with you today are the pillars of what makes me a mostly calm mum. So how not to lose your shit? First things first, parenting is a triggering game, right? No one should go into parenting expecting that they are not going to feel activated or triggered by their own child. No one should go into parenting thinking that they're going to be Susie Sunshine all of the time and always respond in the perfect way to their children. No one gets out of childhood without some sort of difficult belief or some sort of attachment issue. That's just part of the work that we are here to do. So the first thing I wanted to touch on is that often in parenting, we can go into it not expecting that our child will activate certain parts of ourselves that we don't like or that our child will mirror things to us 
that we don't like about ourselves. When I've had truly honest conversations with parents in the past, something that a lot of us come to realize is that the thing we find most frustrating about our child, you know how sometimes there's just something about your child, you know, and if you've got a baby or you don't have kids, you might be thinking that sounds really harsh. But as they get older, there might be certain things that frustrate you about their behavior. Maybe it's um, that they're really loud and boisterous. Uh, and they dial it up to 11 in front of guests or something like that. But if you sit down with that thought, you might realize that you too have that gear and that's a gear of your own that you've not fully accepted, you know, or maybe you feel frustrated that your child won't try something new, but you yourself also won't try something new. Often the thing that annoys us the most about our child is the thing that annoys us the most about ourselves. A parent-child relationship can be as much of a vehicle for growth as a romantic relationship. Your significant other, if you are in a relationship or have been in the past or plan on being in the future, will often hold a mirror to you and you might find yourself nitpicking things about them. You know, you might look at them and think, oh, I wish that they would be more fun or I wish that they valued me more. But if you go a little deeper, you realize, oh, shit, I need to be a bit more fun oh shit, I need to value myself a bit more. It can be the same in parenting as well, just in a different way. So that's the first thing. Expect to be triggered. There is nothing wrong with you if your child activates you and you feel anger or frustration. There's nothing wrong with that. There is something wrong though if you don't go deeper and make space for that within yourself. I think It's wrong to feel frustrated or feel anger and blame the child when it's something that exists within you. Number two, when it comes to losing our minds, losing your shit, for lack of a better expression, the thing that is most important, and I talk about this in our toddler life guide, is that you need to have a mental, or it can be a literal, a literal physical plan, but at at the least, a mental Uh, fire drill or a mental evacuation plan for how you're going to respond when you are pushed to your limit. So when we have toddlers, they'll have meltdowns and sometimes we just feel like we're not equipped to deal with it. And then as kids get older, they have different forms of meltdowns. And again, you can feel like I am not equipped to deal with this. If we think about having a mental evacuation plan, and I don't mean an actual mental plan to leave the child in that situation, what I mean is you know, if you imagine any any workplace you've been in, say you work in a daycare center, uh, say you work in a gym, you will have fire drills in an office, anywhere that you work. You will often have to engage in a fire drill, in a pretend emergency evacuation, so that when it really happens, if it really happens, you're not flooded by not knowing what to do And you do know what steps you need to take to get everyone out safely and to take responsibility for your own safety as well. I was a flight attendant for five years. And, you know, whilst 90% of that job is often pouring tea and coffee and taking people's rubbish, the reason that flight attendants are there is to keep you safe in the event of an emergency. Becoming a flight attendant is so much about EPs, emergency procedures. You know, I can remember having to act out 
how to evacuate an aircraft. And you have to do the drill as if it's happening in real life. You're going through the aircraft and you're like, row 20, clear, row 19, clear. You're doing all of the things. You have to know what sort of oxygen to use in different emergencies. You have to know where the first aid kit is. You have to know so many things just in case one of these situations pop up. Now, whilst it is unlikely a situation like that might pop up on an aircraft, given the statistics, we have to know that information anyway. We have to have a plan. We have to have practiced that plan, have faith that the crew that we are working with can execute that plan. And that's in a situation where it's unlikely it's going to happen. So many things would have to fail for that to happen, right? But parenting, it is going to happen that you are pushed to your limit. It is going to happen that your child is going to have a meltdown, that you are going to feel frustrated. That is a guarantee. It's just going to happen. But often we don't have that mental plan of how we're going to cope. We don't have those stepping stones to follow because, you know, maybe it's because we think, oh, I will inherently know what to do because this is my child and I love them endlessly and I will know what to do. But when you are activated yourself, you don't know what to do because you're not thinking clearly, right? And we'll talk a little bit about that later, but you have to have a plan of attack for when you are at your limit. And the time and place to create this plan of attack is when you are calm, when you are in a good mindset, when you are coming at this from the parent that you want to be, not when you are burnt out and you are cranky or your period is due or you haven't slept in three months, all of those things, right? But if you sit down and if you are in a relationship, if you are a single parent, maybe you sit down with a friend, uh, someone that you trust, but sit down and create a bit of an evacuation plan. Okay, so it might look like my toddler's having a meltdown, they're two, I'm feeling frustrated, I particularly struggle with the toddler years, I don't know how people say that they enjoy it, all of these things. This isn't me personally because I love the toddler years, give me a toddler any day, but Having like a bit of an understanding of how you respond emotionally will give you compassion, but then have a plan for how you're going to act. So things like, okay, if this is happening, I know that I need to get down on my child's level and talk to them at eye height, or I need to bring my child up to my level. Maybe it's getting out of the house. Maybe it's putting your child somewhere safe while you go and run some cool water over your wrists because that pressure point can calm you down or while you splash your face. Maybe it's that you're going to FaceTime your mother-in-law because you just need someone to witness what is going on. You know, we're all so different with what helps us cope, but having a plan of attack is so helpful. You know, you might know, oh my gosh, by Friday, if my child has a meltdown, I'm so exhausted from the week that then I start screaming and I start losing it and then I feel terrible. So maybe it's like, okay, on a Friday, if I sense a meltdown is coming, I am getting them in the car and we're getting out of the house. It's amazing how changing your physical location can actually change your mental and emotional state as well. Have a plan of attack for what happens when you feel like you're about to lose it. Number three, There are some things in parenting that you cannot fix and you just have to witness it. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Often with the Kind Parenting Company, we will have parents get in touch and say, you know, my child's having a meltdown, my toddler's having a meltdown, this is happening, how do I fix it? And it's like, you know what, there are some things that you just can't fix because developmentally it is appropriate that your son or daughter is experiencing communication frustration. It is appropriate that they are going through this. And yes, you want to fix it. And I feel like this often comes up for first-time parents where you just don't have the perspective that it does pass. Whereas when I chat with my friends who have gone on to have seconds and thirds and fourths, um, they'll say it's so much easier because you have this perspective shift where you're like, oh, I know that they're going to come through this stage. Whereas often with the first child, you think, or first children, if you've got multiples, you just are so in the trenches that it just feels like, oh my gosh, I have to fix this. I have to fix this because you haven't been through it before. But there are just certain things with age that you just can't fix and you just have to bear witness and be there and hold space for them. So there might be some times when you just sit on the floor next to your child while they're having to get it out of their system and you can't comfort them for love or money because they're just past the point and you just have to be there and be stable for them. Kids look to us to be stable for them. When we are wobbly, it makes them more wobbly. It is an honor to be their safe space and it can be exhausting as well. But you have to be stable and steady and just hold space for them if it's something that you can't actually help them move through. Number four, if and when you do lose your temper, when you say something you don't mean, when you act in a way you're not proud of, say sorry. So many parents get this part wrong. We have to say sorry when we fuck up, right? We have to say to our kids, I am so sorry that I raised my voice at you. This is because I have a lot of other stuff happening. And unfortunately, I acted in a way that let all of that frustration come out at you. Come here and give me a cuddle or can I give you a cuddle? I got it wrong. There is so much power in being vulnerable with your child and letting them know that you are sorry when you do get it wrong. You know, it builds trust in your child because they then trust that you are responsible for your emotions and you can see what's going on. And it also teaches them to be responsible for themselves. It's one of the things I'm so glad I've done with the boys. As I said up top, I'm certainly not an expert and I certainly make errors and there are certain things I would do differently. But one of the things I'm so proud of is that I have always conducted myself in a way that if I get it wrong, I say I've gotten it wrong and I also hold the space for them to do the same without chastising them. And the boys are really accepting and understanding and empathetic and they then to mirror that back to me. You know, so if they act in a way that they're not proud of, they'll often come to me afterwards and say, Mom, I'm sorry that I did that. And, you know, the Queen Brene Brown talks about how important vulnerability is and how when we are vulnerable with the people in our lives that, you know, that we want to have strong connections with, 
vulnerability is a gateway. And I think often parents don't want to let their kids know that they're human and that they've gotten it wrong because they worry that, oh, it's a sign of weakness or maybe they're not going to trust me if they think that I make mistakes. But it's so the opposite. If you can allow your kids uh, to let you have mistakes or not even allow your kids to let you have mistakes, sorry, that's not the best way to frame it. But if you can be open and honest with your kids that you are a failed and flawed human too, then there's less pressure on them to be perfect as well. And it's mirrored and then they're going to go out into relationships knowing that other people get it wrong as well and having that empathy. So say sorry when you do get it wrong. And that's not, I'm sorry that you made me do X, Y, Z. It's being honest with your child and saying, I'm so sorry that I acted in that way. I acted a little bit like a child then because I'm feeling exhausted. I didn't sleep well last night or I'm a bit stressed with some adult stuff. And unfortunately, I took it out on you. Come here, let's repair. The repair is so important. You know, every relationship expert I've spoken to via the podcast or even just in therapy for myself, it's the repair part that's the most important part. We're all going to have little fractures that pop up in our relationships, again, whether that's a romantic relationship or it's a parent-child relationship, but it is the way that you repair that strengthens the bond that you have. So say sorry when you are sorry. Number five, how to not lose your shit. We also need to just assess some basic needs. So if our child is acting out, just do a bit of a quick run through of what could be going on in terms of basic needs. Are they tired? Did they not sleep well? Have they not eaten? Are they potentially dehydrated? Are they needing some quality time? Just do a bit of a basic needs met run through because if you go through that checklist and go, oh my gosh, it's 2 p.m. and they have hardly drunk any water, no wonder they're melting down or, oh my gosh, they've been going through a sleep regression and they haven't slept well, no wonder they're having trouble keeping it all together. Like that makes sense and it just gives you a bit more insight and a bit more empathy. Number six is also about insight as well. I often spoke about this uh, via the Snapchat days when Snapchat was big before Instagram stories were a thing. And I would talk about how important it is as parents to not just treat the symptom, but to treat the root cause when it comes to behavior. So an example of this could be uh, that your child is... um, an example could be biting, right? Your child is biting other children. And so your knee jerk reaction is to punish them for biting another child. Or maybe, you know, your mum or dad are saying to you, bite them back so they know how it feels, which I just think awful. Um, But maybe you want to just treat the biting symptom. You want to put them in a timeout for it. Um, And again, timeouts, are not the best option. Time ins are a better option. We talk about that in toddler life. But rather than focusing on the biting behavior, I would encourage you to dig a little bit deeper and ask yourself, what could be the root cause here? Is there a commonality in terms of, oh, they're always biting the same child at the same time? Or um Is something going on for them? Have you noticed that they're particularly frustrated that they can't communicate at the moment? 
Are they biting when it's time for them to be fed? Are they always biting before their nap? These things might indicate, okay, we need to bring lunchtime earlier or their wake periods are too long at the moment. It You can apply this whole idea of treating the cause, not the symptom, to any age child. You know, it'd be like having a child who's in a wet nappy and getting frustrated that they're crying without changing their nappy. You've got to change their nappy. You've got to fix the problem so that the symptom eases. You know, with nine-year-olds, you might find that they're acting out, being hyperactive, trying to get your attention. But the root cause is maybe that they do need a little bit more quality time with you and they're struggling. Um, So can you look for the cause, not just the symptom? Number seven is all about perspective. This is something I do and I've spoken about it in the past. It's not going to be something for everyone. For some people, it would be too anxiety inducing, but I've done this ever since the boys were little and like they were both colicky babies. They cried a lot. Two toddlers, like two two two-year-olds is a lot of two-year-olds at once. Um, And there were days when it was just so hard, but something I got in the habit of doing was thinking to myself, there are parents out there who can't hug their kids, who can't see their kids, whether their kids have, um, uh, whether their children are sick and in hospital, you know, there are families whose children are taken. Like I often think of William Tyrrell, um, Maddie McCann, all of those families, there are parents out there who would sell their souls to have their kids in front of them. And that's not to say that your emotions and your frustrations are not valid, but it is to add a layer of perspective. If you woke up tomorrow and found out something about, you know, you not having long left to live or your children or whatever, something disastrous like that, it would really change the lens at which you look in your you, the lens at which you look at your children. So is there a perspective hack that you can lean into that helps you to settle into a different mindset to know yes this is frustrating. Yes, I feel like I'm at my limit, but but they are here. They are with me. I am here. I am with them. And that's more than some people have. Last but certainly not least, in fact, this could have been number one. I could do a whole podcast episode just about this and why this is the thing that's going to help you to be the calm parent you want to be. You need to look after your own needs. We've all heard that saying about you cannot pour from an empty cup. We've heard it so much that we kind of become immune to it. And it's like, yes, yes, we should fill our own cup. Yes, yes, my cup's empty. But if you imagine a cup being filled all the way to the top, right to the brim, and then you keep filling it, the liquid in that cup overflows and it starts spilling down the side of the cup and it starts expanding and the spill around the cup starts reaching more space. It reach, like it just takes up more space. That's how I want you to think of filling up your cup in terms of when you are full, you've got overflow to share with other people. You've got more goodness to give to the people in your life. That spilling out of the side of your cup, that's the goodness that can then reach the people closest to you. So what are the things that fill your cup? What are the things that make your soul happy? And 
what are those things that are realistic to your life? I can remember when the boys were born, just realizing like, oh my gosh, I've not done anything for myself. And the things that I used to do are not practical anymore now that I have twin newborns. So what season of life are you in? And what is a realistic way that you can meet your own need? And maybe that realistic way of meeting your own need means that you don't do the dishes today. You do them tomorrow because right now the thing that's going to fill up your cup and help you feel calmer and better and happier and more contented is to spend 10 minutes reading a book, you know, rather than doing the dishes. You have to look after your own needs. And back to, you know, earlier, my fifth point was about what are the basic needs of your child, sleep, nutrition, hydration, All of those things matter for you as well. You're not going to be the parent you want to be if you're walking around dehydrated, if you're walking around starving yourself, if you're eating things that don't make you feel good. And more than that, if you're consuming things that don't make you feel good in terms of social media, people you're spending time with, you have to think of yourself holistically. How are you filling up that cup and looking after your own needs? Because if you are burnt out and exhausted, you're going to find it really hard to implement any of these other steps as well and to feel calmer and to respond in a way that you're proud of. I hope that this episode has been helpful for you. As always, it would mean the world to me if you take time to subscribe to the podcast. If you enjoy it, feel free to leave a positive review. Also slide into my DMs and let me know if this episode in particular is helpful for you. I appreciate your time and just remember we are all in this together and parenting is hard. It is an honor, but it is hard and there's nothing wrong with you if you find it hard and there's nothing wrong with you if you get frustrated, but there are things we can do to make ourselves feel better and to make it a little easier at times. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 